0: Welcome to the Model Mindset, where our goal is to bring positivity and motivation to the world through what we've applied in our lives. We may still be evolving in our practices, but we do know one thing mindset is everything.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Model Mindset. This is episode seven. Today, John, today, we are very lucky and fortunate to have one of my close friends, I'll say. Uh, And I was very fortunate to meet. Our guest, uh, I want to say in 2018, uh, from my buddy, Kevin. And I really uh, was captured by the artwork done on his on his sleeve. And so I asked where he got it done. He told me Tim Brewer. I had reached out to Tim. I told him about my idea for a sleeve, which was uh, basically a family tree. And my arm would be kind of the bark. And Tim said, that is a terrible idea. How will we make it it a scene? And we'll have it be like your arm will kind of go into different scenes. And I said, Tim, that is a great idea. (laughs) And what really struck me about Tim is not only his creativity, but I was first really floored by how welcoming your shop was. And this is the original shop. And typically, and John, you could speak to this as well, because you got a bunch of tattoos. Any tattoo shop that I've been in, very dark, not welcoming kind of intimidating to be quite honest with you for sure yeah tim's shop complete opposite very welcoming you feel the positive energy right away as soon as you walk in and tim i'll be honest with you your new shop is is even more welcoming which is crazy thank you
2: thank you you know and and honestly from a lot of people
1: yeah it's 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 on it's it's remarkable it's it's the thing of the art too i mean this it's it's really unique and i really appreciate it and how welcoming it is and Tim, you know, real quick, I just want to say that not only is your tattooing tattooing ability uh, insane and off the charts, oh, but you're also you're also <laughs> incredibly gifted musically. You know, I'll keep going. <laughs> and you have you have this fearlessness about you with product ideas that you do not let fear stop you, which is actually very admirable as well. Thank you. But as I was getting my very first tattoo from you, you're comfortable in your own skin. And what I mean by that is you are comfortable being vulnerable. You're able to talk about your life experiences, you know, both in the past and now. And who you are is what everybody sees. And in turn, it allowed me to be comfortable in my skin and, and honestly share my past traumas with, with you. So I genuinely appreciate that. And when I said to you, you are a friend, I truly mean that. So without further ado, Tim Brewer, Absolutely. welcome to the Model Mindset. Hello.
2: Hello, everyone. <laughs> I, appreciate yes, yes. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I felt like instantly comfortable talking to you about stuff. And uh, in fact, it was like mellifluously just kind of like the conversation just never ceased to uh, stop in a good way, you know,
0: uh, yeah. it was
2: uh, one thing after the other of uh, talking about not only just the art, but life in general, uh, yeah. trials and tribulations and stuff like that. So I, I, I feel yeah. uh, fortunate that I get to have clients like yourself to in friends like yourself Thank you. that come in and, uh, and share stuff like that because it, it really does. Uh, you know, at one point I was considering leaving, the art world to become a, therapist, a psychotherapist uh, and no go back to school. And uh, wow. and I just decided, well, you kind of have to like maybe dress a certain way and can't listen to music when you're a therapist. <laughs> like, <laughs> screw it. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be therapized and give therapy and, and yeah. do artwork and listen to music and wear uh, ripped jeans. So, that's going,
1: man. You know, it's funny too. I mean, it's funny too. You say that, but like, just again, just sitting in your chair and just having our our organic conversations, I can tell the positive energy that you give off, and you impact others' lives. I mean, it's I, I can tell just by your nature that there's an authenticity, and you you impact people's lives whether or not you you truly know that. I think you may know that because you may have some good stories, um, but I mean, you definitely are a positive influence on the people that not only you tattoo, but I think um, that you just speak with in general.
2: Thank you. You, uh, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, sometimes I do come home from work and and my my wife is a writer and editor and, you know, she works in public health. So, you know, I'll come home from work and say, so how was work today? What did you do? And she's like, Oh, I rewrote this whole thing for the CDC uh, about the COVID breakout and all this stuff, and you know, and I'm like, "What did you do today?" I did a butterfly, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did a
2: butterfly. Nothing against butterfly. Sweet, like, though, yeah. But it, but you know, yeah. the, the the breadth of uh, you know, the juxtaposition of that to me sometimes, you know, yeah. makes me feel like, am I am I doing something for the community or people? But you know, she reassures me that you know, the the work that I do is not only special, special because it, um, I, I am helping people, you know, kind of a lot of times commemorate like people or, and, um, oh, no. you know, just get them, get them through some tough times maybe, or, uh, just kind of putting a bumper sticker on your body, which makes you feel better. Right. It's just kind of yeah. like, uh, yeah. makes you like, you know, you, you look better, you feel better. So, uh, yeah. It, so I, I do, I do kind of say it in jest, you know, it's like,
0: I do yeah, think yeah. that
2: um, I'm doing some important work, maybe not as important as working
0: with writing for the CDC,
2: but <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, it, no, it, you it, definitely it do, which is their own man. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And We talked about it. We have, we have a good friend who owns a barbershop, Josh, uh, a barbershop. Oh, yeah. And we talked about how like sitting, sitting in a barber's chair, you know, is, is like going to like a 30 minute therapy session. Like you sit down with your barber and you talk to them and people you have hairdressers or people get your nails done or and especially now tattoos in your case. Like it is, it's like, it's like a therapy session. And for you, it's unique because a lot of your clients are probably sitting there for extended amount of time too. Right. So like you guys are going to have some pretty, pretty cool conversations in that time frame. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that probably goes into those two hours that someone's sitting that when they leave, yeah, they're, they're, they're really excited about a new tattoo, but they're also going to remember that entire time frame they were with you because of the conversations you guys had. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree, man. It, it's, it, it's
2: quite a, it's quite a gift to be able to not only do that for, for a living, but to put, to get to know people, you know, and people are, when people are sitting there, they're, they're quite vulnerable. You know, it's like, you can't go mm-hmm. anywhere. You can't just. Out, yeah, right? then, true. But you're going to have yeah. uh, yeah. you know, half a dragon <laughs> on you or something. But like, but like <laughs> so it is, it is, you're kind of like locked in there. And, you know, a lot of times I like to read, I like to read the person a little bit, you know, I try to read everyone and, and some people don't like to talk or, or open up and, and I don't push that. I don't like to push that, you know? So, but I, I do tend to share a lot about myself Uh, about my past, about my future, about, you know, or the projected future. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, I do share a lot about like just life stuff and, and in doing so, I feel like it, sometimes it disarms somebody's, you know, the, the armor comes off a little bit, um, especially being a, you know, like, you know, stereotypically like a tattoo artist, I guess would be like this kind of like, you know? I'm, I'm a, I'm a big dude.
1: <laughs> you know I mean? Talk topics, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: So, uh, to, to have someone like that maybe talk about their feelings or their whatever, uh, it, it kind of disarms people a little bit, I think, you know, um, yeah. and I also feel like, you know, when you, when you look like someone else, right, you're not coming in wearing a suit and being like, well, you know, you're, you're kind of like, you're on someone's level, like, hey, I like, I like, uh, you know, Iron Maiden too, and I like, I like tattoos, and I like uh, cool cars, right? You're finding this common bond yeah. in other ways, and then, and then it kind of like makes that person feel a little more comfortable about like kind of opening up about other things, about maybe what's going on inside yeah. them, you know, for, uh, the struggles yeah. that they have. So, definitely right. allows
1: them to to let their guard yeah. down. And Tim, before we get into you know the juice, if sure. you will, of of really the podcast episode. I really want to talk about uh, your, where did your creativity stem from? You know, because honestly, you have quite the eye for uh, for just being creative.
2: Yeah. Well, when I was in prison, I, <laughs> I no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, um, I uh, pretty much. From from the from a young age, I've always um, I've always been into art in some way or another, music or drawing or whatever. I, you know, I, I just remember being a kid and drawing things. The cool thing was, I, I remember drawing. I was at, in Cape Cod one time with my family, and I, and I was sitting there drawing, and I, I noticed my dad was kind of sitting there and watching me. And after I was done with this drawing, I, w- I was like. Hey, check this out. And my dad's like, "That's great." And he's like, "Hey, check this out. He drew me drawing." And I was like, "Really?" Wh- I was blown away. I didn't, had no idea he could even draw, you know? So, it was
1: wow. so he could draw oh, too? yeah,
2: yeah. He's got both. He's got wow. both sides of the brain. He he's an he's an artist, but he's also got that architecture architecture is like kind of like, you know, mind where he can like design things and stuff like that. So, um I think I think that's where I get that part of my, um, you know, I've always just been interested in that stuff and, and it's always been encouraged, um, by, by my parents and stuff. So that's, that's been really cool. Um, and yeah, I just have a curiosity. I've always had a curiosity for like, uh, just, you know, high regard for art and culture and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question or not. Sorry.
0: No, no, you no, totally yeah. did, man. Yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned before we we hit record here that, that you're in a band too. Um. So like musically, like I know like art and music, you know, and you know th- those things a lot of times will go hand in hand with a lot of yeah. people. Um. So like, was it the same thing like that? That curiosity that you that you were talking about that kind of just ventured out in a, into a broader spectrum rather than just like the art, the artwork. I mean, music is art, but you know what I mean, like a in a broader sense. Yeah, you know,
2: absolutely. Like I, I was. I'm fortunate and and unfortunate to be the youngest of six. So fortunate in the way that I was, I was very, uh, influent. They were very influential to me. Like I have four older sisters and and an older brother. They were all into music and they were in that era of like, it's when like Aerosmith and Zeppelin and stuff like that were like, just coming, just being like, you know, like the main thing. So they all had albums out all the time and, and, uh, they basically like, I would just listen through the door. or I'd be like, you know, when they would go, I would steal their albums and put them on and, and things like that. And then I think, with, I think before I was actually born, my dad bought a guitar and left it in the house, just to kind of see what would happen. And my sisters just gravitated towards it. So they all started playing guitar. Um, and then my brother started playing it. And, and like when I grew up, there were just guitars around. So, I just couldn't help but grab one, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, I would just sit in my room and, and just play for hours and and try and just figure things out, you know, like hit a chord and be like, that sounds like that Zeppelin song. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, you know, just kind of noodling around, you know, that became a passion of mine that, you know, never stopped. And, um, and and then I got into drums and playing drums and, and stuff like that. And just wanted to really kind of like, cover all the bases in, the, in that. Um, and in various music projects I've been in, I've had bands, uh, you know, like bands that we wrote um, original music, and then I've been in like, cover bands <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so cool. it's just been a that really cool. fun, fun thing that I always, I always have and always will have a part of my life, you know.
1: Man, that's that's fearlessness right there, though, because, I mean, I just I got a little nervous just thinking about, damn, like you got to go up on a stage and, you know, what if you hit a bad note or anything? But it's like, again, Tim, I, I'm struck by your fearlessness. You're like, fuck it. I'll try it. You know, why not? That's the worst going to happen. I'm not going to die. Right. You know right.
2: I mean? Well, I think that I think that the fearlessness, I mean, there is fear. Definitely. You know, yeah. if I don't want to yeah. when I, you know, have gone on stage before, uh, you know, there. You're afraid, you know, like there, there's a lot of times where you're like, oh, man, what if I mess up? Right. Yeah. What if yeah. I mess up? Um, I just want to revert back to like the 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 good parts of having f- five older siblings was the music and and the art. The bad part was they put me in the freezer and threw me out, threw me outside <laughs> in my underwear in the snow and uh, snow <laughs> and stuff like that. <clears throat>
0: The balancing act. The balancing yeah. act.
2: <laughs> and they did this trick where they would put the uh, – you know, when I was a baby, they would put the applesauce in the front of the spoon, but then they would put something really disgusting on the back of the spoon and watch my face just – Oh, my torn, God. Right. So no, it, was, it wasn't mean. all, uh, you know, green pastures with having all the siblings, but Anyway, yeah, yeah, I digress. But – Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so – sorry. I lost my place. I just – no,
1: you're good. We were talking about the fearlessness you're talking about, um, fearlessness. like getting on stage. There is there that's still that fear, yeah. but but what you, you're not letting it uh, affect you from taking action. You're still taking action. You're still going out.
2: Yeah, you know, fear is one of those things that I, I don't know how I did this or how I I don't know where I got this from, but I, I realized at a young age that fear was always going to be in my life in some way. Right, mm. so uh, fear is an essential part, I think, of life. It, it is, it, you know, those, That's those stickers, those no fear stickers they used to have with the, with the guy with the wristband. It's like <laughs> good luck <laughs> oh, yeah. with that life, no fear. <laughs> you know? uh, so yeah. I think what I learned at a, at a young age was to try to take fear and flip it on its side, and kind of kind of like use it to my advantage. So I think what I what I did was. I would, I would project into the future and I would say, okay, if I'm going to be afraid of something, um, I pictured my life five or 10 or 15 years down the road or 20 years down the road with not doing the thing. How would I feel about myself? How would I, what would my life look like if I never tried this? Right. Mm -hmm. If I, if I, if I don't do this, am I going to really regret this? And am I going to live this kind of, you know, mundane life and, and just always regret not doing it. So what I did was I took fear and I basically said, okay, like, I'm, I'm really afraid to do this thing, but how am I going to feel like later on when I'm like, dude, you did not, you know, you never took a chance. You
1: didn't fall through. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I I focused that on the fear. And one of the things that I, that I learned, and this is just something that I, this may not be fact, but I, but I learned this uh, thing about how the brain works. And it's really interesting to me to think about the brain as kind of like um, a car battery. Okay. So it's like, you're, you're, you're constantly answering yes or no questions. Okay. That the, The brain and the mind are two different things, right? So the mind is what's kind of driving the brain. The mind is like you know a bigger, broader like you know thing that's kind of like not not a tangible thing. You know, Uh, it's kind of like the person that's in the car, right? The car is the thing, but you're you're driving it. You know what I mean? Um, So Mm -hmm. like the the brain is you know as complex as it as it is in its simplest form is answering, all it's really doing is answering yes or no questions constantly, right? So everything that you present to yourself is either a left or a right, or a one or a zero, or a a black or a white, or a, you know what I mean? Like it's, they're oppositions to each other. Um, The cool thing that I learned about the brain is that no matter what, it will always go to positive first, just like a battery, so whatever you're linking positive to, it's going to go to that. Now, a, a, an example that I can use is that let's say let's say somebody's trying to get in shape. I mean, I know this is a big part of what you guys do, right? This, this is yeah, like yeah. you know connecting the, the the physical body and the and the mental, right? So, like let's say someone wants to get in shape, and they think about you know, going to the gym or going for a run or anything like that. Right. And then they, it's cold outside and they're like, I'm going to have to get in my car and go to the gym. And, uh, and like, they start thinking about the negative side of it. Right. And then they look over mm-hmm. and their dog's sitting next to the fireplace and, uh, you know, they have a, a box of Triscuits or something sitting there and they're like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> and Netflix is there. And I'm like, Oh shit, I could do that. Or I could go to the gym. I'm like, curious? <laughs> like, like no, I'm not going to the gym. You know, um, that's, yeah. that's hard, right? Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people have, they, they're connecting negativity to it because it's hard. It is hard to go to the gym. It's hard, it's hard yeah. to stay in shape. It's, it's not, it, if you could just go once and be done with it, it would be great. But you got to keep going every day, right? Or every other day. Yeah. And so now take that same person and same scenario dogs there all that you know same thing they're in this exact same scenario the only difference is they're getting married in two months and they think about what Mm -hmm. they're going to look like in their wedding pictures okay and for and to them that's very important that they are like that they look good in these pictures and, and their special day that they're going to have for the rest of their life. It's going to be like documented, whatever. And to them, that's very important that they look, that they look good. Right. Now, all of a sudden the pain goes to that, right. The pain goes like, if I, if I sit around and I don't get in shape and I don't do that, I'm going to really regret that. And like now all of a sudden the brain ends up just doing what it's designed to do, which is go to positive first. So now, bang, you're, you're linking positive to the gym and negative to staying home. And and, and it's like, it's pretty cool. And, you know, this, that's why shows like, um, you know, intervention are really, you know, they kind of show that in its in its whole form, right? Like you, you have someone who's yeah. addicted to alcohol or, or a person that's addicted to drugs. And they're, you know, they don't have quite the consequence that they're getting away with it time after time and they're linking pleasure to the drug still, even though they, they, you know, they probably sit at home and be like, I need to quit this. I want to quit this. I hate it. I hate it. it."
1: You hear most of them say that. Right. And they're
2: struggling. They're struggling with that. And then they go, the thought of going to a rehab or something like that is so painful. Like I'm not going to have this and I'm going to have to do all this hard work and it's probably not going to work anyway. And, you know, all this stuff. And then, so they go back to their old ways, but now factor in, you get this group of people, right? Your, your core group of people that are there for you. Maybe some of them are financially, you know, letting they're letting you stay at their house and they're giving you money for your alcohol or drugs or whatever. And they're, they're the people that, you know, and that are your companions, right? And then all of a sudden they all get together and say, we're not going to be here for you anymore. We're going to, the bottom is going to drop out. You can't contact us. If you continue to do this, if you want to choose that over us, that's the consequence, right? And now all of a sudden they're linking pain to this drug or alcohol. And if it's enough pain, they they make the choice to, to they, they, now you start to look at this thing as a, this ugly thing, right? This ugly, yeah. nasty thing. You knew it was nasty before, but now you really see how how much it's tearing your life apart. And 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 all you have to do is say yes to to, to go to this rehab, and all these people will still be there for you, right? Brain just yeah. does what it's designed to do, which is go to positive first. And, and it-
1: you know that that's that's unique. You know that's unique to him because now that like I think and I think that's a unique perspective because I actually haven't thought about that that yeah. way. But you'll see, like when people, will use this, when people go on, say, diets or something, they normally have either some sort of ambition, so they have to be linking something, some sort of positive message with, hey, this diet is going to get me looking much better, I'm going to be healthier, so they have a lot of positivity. Right. The, the only thing about diets that John and I have talked about before is they tend to be temporary rather than looking at it as a lifestyle change. It's almost like again their brain will revert to something else that's positive, where it be you know, spending time with their significant other watching Netflix, which is hey, don't get me wrong, it's great, it's bonding yeah. time. But it could be time again away from the gym if you wanted to get healthy or something. Right. So that's a unique perspective. I appreciate that too. Yeah, you. absolutely. Yeah.
2: And and there's nothing stopping anyone from doing both, right? You can you can bring right. Netflix to the gym and do and, and both. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so there, yeah. there are ways like, you know, when you ask yourself, I think when you ask yourself the right questions, like, well, how can I make this more fun? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Like you go for a walk or whatever. Like if you ask yourself that question, you will get it. That's the other thing about the brain that I learned is that no matter what, it's designed to give you an answer. So whatever question yeah. you ask, you will get an answer, even if it's not true, even if it's based on, all your fears that you have ever had or what people have said about you or whatever, it's going to give you an answer no matter what. So if you ask bad questions, you will get bad answers. You know what I mean? um, Yeah. And, but if you, if you look at it in a, in a positive way, like, well, all right, I'm going to go on this run. I I don't really want to go, but I know I should, and I have to, or whatever. Um, then, you know, all right, well, if I'm going to do it, how can I make it better? You know, maybe I can listen to some right. great, awesome music or whatever it is. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you're hitting you're hitting the spot real quick. Is the goat Tony Robbins talks about how? So, for example, we'll say running. Yep. If you, John, because I know you're not really, uh, you don't like to run. You know, it's like not one of the things you hate to do. No, no. <laughs> but what Tony Robbins does? So, John, for example, what would you scale? <laughs> what would you scale uh, your enjoyment of running from a scale of one to ten? like a four, a four. Okay. So how could we get from you liking it as a four to say maybe a six? Could we maybe, could you listen to a podcast? You know, yeah. could you have like, get some, maybe some new shoes or something like that? Would you say mm-hmm. you're at a six? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So can we get maybe to a six or maybe like a seven or eight? Do you want to run outside or would you prefer to run on a treadmill? Outside. Outside. So we're we're talking about maybe a a nice sunny day, maybe a little cool, but we went from a four to you're you're at an eight now. So you're going to be listening to your favorite podcast. You're going to be having and it's going to be sunny out, so you can you know take in that vitamin C. So that's what kind of Tony Robbins is talking about. And Tim, to your point, like you're you're creating a positive uh, environment to where Mm -hmm. you can kind of dictate your level of enjoyment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a level of association like you know like you're what you're associating your your pleasure centers with with that that you know hobby or whatever it may be that's the goal you're trying to you're trying to create like a positive reinforcement of doing that one thing right so um so tim have you always now it seems like you're pretty grounded guy now that you have you know a good understanding of not only yourself but you know how your mind actually works and and what you what you like to consume take in and give out right have you always been that way is that something you developed um you know kind of take us back now a little bit what what brought you to this point how have you become so grounded and and have such a good understanding in yourself and in your mindset here
2: um it's a great question i i i haven't always been this grounded um mm-hmm. in fact Um, I would say when I was young, I was the opposite. I was constantly afraid of everything. Um, just like, you know, when I, before I, before I had these epiphanal moments, when I was a little bit older, um, I, I was living in a state of fear a lot. Um, you know, like I said, fear is, is a great thing and it's essential, but you know, if you, if you use fear to your advantage, it's one thing. If you live in fear, that's a whole different thing, right? And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do live in fear, um, the what ifs, right? Um, so when I was younger, you know, I, I was kind of like all over the place and, and scattered and trying to find myself. Um, and, you know, I had some traumas happen to me when I was younger that, uh, really projected me into this like bad place. Um, Mm -hmm. and because of that, I, you know, I kind of blocked them away for a while. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the mind, the mind is very powerful like that. It will kind of take care of you. It will take these traumas and often will, will set them in in a, a file, so to speak. Right until you're ready, you know you don't think you're ready, but whatever the source is is like, yeah, you're ready now, you know. It kind of mm-hmm. releases that, and in doing so, kind of puts your life into a, a dumpster fire, like shitstorm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and because yeah. of that, I was forced to make some really major decisions, you know. Um, and one of them was to get help, right. So yeah. that, that's really when things started to change for me. When I, when I started to get frustrated to the point where it was like, okay, I'm either going to like check out. I'm like, you know, I'm out of here. I'm like, I'm going to check out of this world. Or I need to get get busy living and, and really like get some help. And I think when I started mm-hmm. to get help, when I started to like, um, you know, dive into the self-help kind of stuff. And, and seek out uh, a therapist. And uh, my therapist happened to be uh, also a shamanic healer. So shamanism is something that I at the time had never heard about. I didn't even know what that word was. Um, and, and uh, you know, so I was able to kind of like work with her and really work through a lot of stuff. Um, and and mm-hmm. in doing so kind of slowly started to gain confidence and, and, uh, and, and build myself that way. So,
1: yeah. And yes. Tim, did you recognize when that trauma had taken place? Did you know that something wasn't right? Or did you realize later on in life when you were having your struggles that it stemmed from what had transpired uh, in your childhood?
2: Um, that's a really good question. I, I, uh, uh, I didn't know. And in fact, when, when I was going through the stuff, um, that was, I knew then it was, it was very, you know, traumatizing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I somehow, you know, the mind will, will often put it away for you. So you can actually live, you can actually like function, albeit, you know, just dysfunctionally function, I guess. Yeah. so that was my, you know, when I got into, uh, junior high school, that was the kind of the start of me living a life with these traumas, but not, no, not remembering them and not really knowing why I was, uh, so scared all the time or acting a certain way, you know, or trying to be perfect. Right. Uh. Yeah. yeah, like there's there's a part of, uh, you know, traumas that will create obsessions in you. You know what I mean? Like you know, uh, rejections create obsessions. So you you tend to like, um, it's kind of, that's kind of a different thing. But like I I was obsessed over like be, trying to be perfect, and like I couldn't figure out why I was so sad. I, I was very very mm-hmm. sad through my, from my teens into my, you know, mid twenties, very, very sad, uh, time. Yeah. Wow.
1: And so that stemmed from the abuse that, that took place in your childhood. Like when you, when you got help, you uncovered and peeled back those layers that the sadness was from what had transpired. And, and Tim, I don't, I don't mean to, to be just, do you mind just kind of telling the audience what happened so that, everyone kind of understands. Cause I think with this podcast, you will be able to help a lot of people, uh, that if this has happened to them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, I was, uh, sexually abused, um, by someone that was in my neighborhood. Um, and someone I, at one point, you know, looked kind of looked up to trusted, you know, um, but then, uh, slowly realized that I was being, uh, not only mentally abused, but physically abused, and then turned into sexual abuse, um, and that went on for for you know a little bit, a couple of years on and off, um, and uh, so that that was what really uh, hammered it home to me that I was um, I don't know. Uh, when remembering that when I was about 25,
1: um, okay. about 25,
2: okay. 26, um, the veil was lifted, so to speak. So um, someone I know mentioned this person's name and they were inquiring about like, you know, oh, I saw this person and, and um, you know, what do you think of that person? And 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 uh, I, it all came back. It, it, everything
1: so it everything just
2: flooded the, the veil was lifted and in real time I was talking to this person and revealing to them and myself uh, all of the things that had happened throughout those years
0: Wow yeah that's incredible So
2: I remember yeah. I was supposed to go on a date that night and uh, I had to call uh, this this lady and say I don't think I can make it <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. yeah. What did that so, do to you? Yeah, sorry, John. I mean, no, no. Go
0: ahead, man. I was just gonna say, you know, for so you said you're about twenty five, twenty six. So in that time frame, from when it occurred until that age, that's kind of what you were talking about, where your mind kind of just stashes it away. Like that's what you were doing in that time frame. You were just stashing it, so you were able to dysfunctionally function, Correct. like you said.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that okay. Um, you know, I learned that the the brain will um, oftentimes take these traumas and put them aside and you know so when when traumas happen when you're when you're younger um there's a piece of you of your psyche right there's this piece of you that knows that you in this state at this age are not capable of protecting it so it will take off as well. So you the, the, the memories get locked away, but there's also this piece of you that says, I'm in danger. You are not capable of taking care of me right now. So I am out of here. So that piece leaves you. Okay. And then what happens is, so it, this is kind of like, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, uh, IFS, but internal family systems, it stands for. And, and Mm -hmm. basically it's like when these traumas happen, when you're younger, that piece of you picture it like this picture, it's like a classroom full of kids. Okay. And the teacher says, okay, I'm going to go to the principal. Um, I have to go talk to the principal for about 15 minutes. I want you guys to just sit and do your work, okay? I'm gonna be back in 15 minutes. And the door shuts, and what happens? Chaos, right? Everybody is going nuts. You got the bully in the corner that's so psyched that the teacher's (laughs) left. Like, oh my God, I'm so (laughs) gonna hit this dude in the head. (laughs) And now the kid that's getting picked on is shitting their pants that the teacher left, okay? And yeah. then you got the gossipers in the corner, and then you got the, you know, the kid up front that's like, she told me to do my work or he told me to do my work, so I'm gonna do my work. And, and you know, the goody two shoes and, and everything right in between, right? you got all these different personalities in this classroom and that door is shut and they all come out, okay? So like, when that piece of you leaves as a kid, there is this classroom full of voices in your head that have been running the show all these years. Okay. And one of them is calling you, you know, do it. You wimp do it. And the other one's going, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Right. It's literally this classroom full of voices that have been Mm. running this show all these years. Okay. And they're all tr- the, the crazy thing is they're all trying to help you, all right. They're all the, mm-hmm. the kid that's calling you a wimp in your head is telling you that because it's trying to get you to get out of your own way. The one that's telling you to not not do it because you might get hurt is trying to protect you from being hurt, right? So and then everything in between, right? Um, so when you decide, you know, after after years and years of therapy and stuff like that. Um, I learned about this IFS and what it is, is you come back into the room, you are the teacher, right?
1: Oh, oh, oh. so you're able to control the voices. Yeah.
2: Well, you have conversations with these voices, right? So now you come okay. in and the teacher and they're like, they're like, who the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> where the fuck have you been? You said, where have you been? been yeah. 15 minutes, yeah. dude. It's been like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> like yeah. we've
2: been running this show man you know and yeah. uh, so yeah. at any point if you get quiet right if you start if you listen to the voices right they're all there's chatter like your brain is just going like nonstop, nah, stop just talking to itself and constantly. Right? constantly constantly so if you get quiet there's always one voice at any given time that's a little bit louder than the other ones okay and that's the one that wants to be heard and so what you can do, I like picturing it like a classroom,
0: right? So now I'm. That's an amazing analogy, by oh, the way. It, totally. Like, it's perfect. Thank you. Thank
2: you. <laughs> um, so I, I like to picture it as like this classroom, right? And then I come in and I'm like, all right, obviously, you know, this douche over here wants to be heard because he's the loudest one. So. Let's, yeah. let's go in the hallway and talk. Right. So now you take that voice and you go in the hallway and you're like, what's up, man? You know, like, why did you mm-hmm. say that to him? Why did you hit him in the back of the head with an eraser or whatever it was? You know what I mean? Why, <laughs> you know, and you have these conversations, you know, part of it is thanking them. Right. You can't just come in and say like, I'm running the show now. Right. And be like, Oh, all of a sudden, like, You know, this guy who hasn't been around for 40 years is coming in and telling us what to do. We, Dude, we've been running this place, right? So you got to kind of like thank each individually, thank all these voices for doing what they're supposed to do, which is protect you, right? They have different Hmm. ways of doing it, but they're all trying to protect you. So you kind of – you have to thank all of them individually, but then you also have to tell them that, hey – you do your thing now. I, I'll take care of this. I'm going to run the show. You guys can have fun. Just, you know, do your thing, do your thing. I, you know, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I may have, when I was 11 years old, I didn't have the strength, right? I didn't have the know the, the wherewithal, but now I'm a 50 year old man and I'm not that same scared kid anymore. So I'm not going anywhere. I got you, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah and when they when they decide to trust you enough that you're, what you what you're saying is real and you're not going anywhere they start to kind of let up a little bit and let you run the show you know what i mean and that and yeah. that's kind of like that's kind of like where i'm at is that you know i can have conversations with these voices right mm. and go back in time and have conversations i'll give you a quick example I'm, you know um, there was this, there was this memory that I had that, um, there was a two houses down from mine. There was a birthday party going on. And I think I was about six years old or something like that. So I went to this birthday party and, um, they were doing this, this ex this game that every, the kids were like sitting on balloons and popping them. That was the game for some reason. And I was afraid of that because I was a scared little kid all the time. I was always afraid of everything and um so I didn't want to do it. You know, I was afraid of the sound, I was afraid of you know, the whole shebang. And um, this guy kind of like laughed at me. the the father of the, you know, the person who whose birthday was started laughing at me and making fun of me in front of the other kids, right? And it, it you know, it's it sounds innocuous. It sounds like it's one of those things that's like it's not that big of a deal, right? But I was crying and I was like, you know, and so I always remembered that and that's, that's where the memory stops. You know, everyone's laughing at me and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's where it kind of stops. It doesn't go anywhere else. But with, the, with IFS, I decided, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back into that room. Okay. So I went back and I was just observing. I was just looking at myself crying, you know, whatever. And I just said, Hey dude, come here, <laughs> let's go in the other room. Right. And I, I brought him in the other room and I was like, listen, man, like, it's okay. Like, you know, you're kind of brought up, like, you know, you're afraid of everything because that's that's kind of like the environment. You know what I mean? You were kind of like timid, right? So it makes sense that you'd be afraid of that. You know, it's all good. And and then I was like, you know, I kind of joked to him a little bit. I was like, you want me to go kick his ass? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'll kick his ass (laughs) for you, you know? And it got him to laugh a little bit, right? But then I was like, listen, I mean, how sad is this guy, right? I was like, you know, this, this dude yeah. is like making fun of a six-year-old in front of a bunch of people and getting a kick out of that. Like, how sad yeah. is that guy, right? That he feels like mm-hmm. that, that's, yeah. that's where he gets his power and making fun of a kid at a birthday party. Like, that's pretty sad, dude, right? You know, he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and um, so then I went back into the room with him, you know, after we kind of talked about it, and I just kind of observed him like watching and he was looking at this guy with empathy right now he's like he feels bad for this guy right he goes from being this scared little kid to being like kind of like this little six year old with the knowledge of a 50 year old man going like man that's fucking sad dude <laughs> that's so wow. sad that's, yeah. right? so now when i go back and think about this memory i don't think about myself crying in the corner and all that i think about that i th- I, I go right to this kid that has this knowledge you know and, and, wow.
0: uh, that's incredible. It's
2: cool. Right. Yeah. It, it's really cool stuff. Yeah. And it, you know, you can really, um, you can change a lot of your, your past, how you associate with your past by doing that. Right. And I did a lot of that with, with the traumas that happened to me and, and, and stuff like that, because I wasn't given the teeth I needed to stand up for myself then, you know,
0: mm. yeah. and a lot of people
2: aren't you know, or they're taking advantage of somebody that is much stronger of a presence in their life. They're, they're very powerful. And they, you know, you got to forgive yourself at some point for, you were only capable of doing what you could have done in that moment. You know, be- mm-hmm.
1: and Tim, I mean, you're, you're hitting on some, some great shit. I'll be honest <laughs> with you because you know what, what just like what I've been exposed to recently with like coaching and stuff especially with males in particular, it's very hard for them to explore their emotions. It's very hard for them to go back and explore past traumas. And and it sounds like what what has helped heal you or begin the healing process is to go back and explore, to forgive yourself for any kind of, um, Almost resentment, either you had towards yourself or maybe to even others, if you had that as yep. well. In order for you to let go of that past, as that I'm I'm assuming it was probably hurting your future, right? And maybe some relationships that you were having as well.
2: Definitely, definitely, G- great point. Um, my I, I found that I was having a hard time trusting people. Um, you know, when I was in a relationship. I would be, I would just want to run, you know, I, I, you know, I was, I had all these fears of being intimate with people. Like when I was younger, um, didn't know why, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the thing that really helped me was having you again, using that fear of, do I want to be 10, 15, 20 years older, carrying this shit around with me you know no i don't right so when i was talking with my therapist there were moments where i was so afraid to bring something to the surface because i was afraid of the answer of it i was afraid of what it meant Mm -hmm. you know i had this rage inside of me you know what i mean and everyone
1: what was it from
2: from, from being picked on and being like all the stuff and, and, you know, just everything, everyone has this primal scream in them. Every human, you know, we all, it, because being human is, is, it's tough sometimes. It's, it's not easy. This shit isn't easy. You know what I mean? Right. It's true. So we, and everyone is struggling in different ways. So, there is a fucking. There's not just one scream in you. There's many screams, right? I think there's a frustration in all of us just just being here and having to deal with, uh, you know, it's it's just really tough sometimes to be a human. You know, you see animals, right? And they're just like they just do their thing. They don't they don't think about what they're gonna wear. <laughs> they don't think about what <laughs> they don't think about what they're gonna eat. You know what I mean? They just eat what they're yeah. supposed to eat, right? And we, we we're like in some ways where I think we're the elite, right? Of the, we think we are, we're the elite because we get to do all these things and build structures and stuff like that. But a lot of ways, I think that we're kind of like, you know, humans have more frustrations in us because because we do have to decide all these things and yeah. you know what I mean, and, and, you know, to live up the standards that we, you know, it's like, you think about like people set, bars really high for themselves a lot. You know what I mean? Especially like whether it be in your, you know, finances or your job or whatever. And um, so I think there's a lot of like frustration that comes when you don't meet those things. And uh, I think we all are just like, you know,
0: but. Yeah. Cut oh, that was off, so, a, little, cut off yeah. a little bit there, but. No, no, you could good, man. So, and I, and I want to jump back a little bit here with you, with your, you mentioned, you know, like about 25, 26 is when when that name resurfaced, and that brought back a lot of those, or brought forward, lifted that veil, all those emotions, right? Right. So after after that, were there some dark days in there? Like after that, that 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 were from that veil being lifted, and did you have those dark days after that preceded that? And then obviously in time you were able to to heal. Um, but what what was kind of that time frame like afterwards? <laughs> I mean, as best you can, you know what I mean? Not, I'm not trying to drag you through the mud no, no, or anything like that, okay, but uh, as best you I can. I made it to the
2: other side of the river, so I've been through the mud. There True. you go,
0: man. You True. did.
2: Uh, I'll tell you, it, it was, uh, as they say, darkest before the dawn, you know. Um, I, I did go through a lot of really, 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 really intense uh, darkness after that, um, and You know, it coincides with the astrological thing. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of your your Saturn returns, you know, but like Hmm. your Saturn moon in in astrology kind of comes back around every 26, 27 years uh, in your lifespan if you believe in this stuff, right? And and talk to anybody who's 26 or 27 or 28 in that range, oftentimes it's a time of uh, tumult, you know, but, but sometimes it can just mean change, right? So, oh, that's when I got married and had a kid and bought a house. You know, some people get lucky and have a really nice one, but, and I tend to believe in this stuff because if you talk to anybody in that range, that's like, oh my God, that's when I like had this happen or that happened or whatever. Um, so it was right on target for me. This was like 26, you know, into my, into my thirties, really, really dark time, uh, where I had to, uh. I had to face the dragon, you know, and basically, you know, had I not gotten help, uh, I, I wouldn't be here. You know, there's no yeah. way I would be here.
0: Um, now- so I
2: think, you know, it's so important to bring things to the surface, um, for people as scary as it is, it, Oftentimes, when you bring things to the surface, you talk about stuff. uh, It can sometimes just talking about it and brings it kind of like um, takes the power away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You realize it's
1: like a sense of freedom, too.
2: Right. Right. It is. It it just gets it. uh, You don't have to carry it around with you anymore. You know, Um, so I consider it a blessing that, you know, I was able to get through it. Now, the other thing, um, you know, I will say is that lately I've been living by this code of like, you know, life is happening for me, not to me, you know, that thing happened for me, right? Because if you take, if you become a victim and say like, you know, like, woe is me and why me, why me, you know, why, like... Why? Why not you? Why someone else? Right. So mm. you can take the. Not, I'm not saying I. I'm glad this happened to me when I was younger. Right? Okay. I, I. I mean, I'd love to have a you know leave it to Beaver, fucking upbringing, right? And like yeah. have none of this shit happen and whatever. But you know, the fact of the matter is, is it did happen, right? So, right. I. Uh, you know, again, asking those questions in real time, like how can I use this? What can I do with yeah. this? What can I do with this? Right. So, in some ways, if that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't have sought out the help I needed and talked to it and worked with a shaman for many years and, and you know, be the person I am today. So, I think that every, and this is going to sound corny, but I think every diversity that, that comes our way, right, is an opportunity for us to grow, right? So, you have like you have a, a, a breakup, you go through a breakup. Okay. And then it, let's say you're a musician or an artist or whatever, you know, all of a sudden you write this painful song about it and it becomes this amazing song. Right. So you took something so ugly and you turn it into something beautiful. Right. And because you'd asked yourself the question, you know, maybe it wasn't a question, maybe it was just came out of you, but like you can take any diversity and say, what can I get from this? You know what I mean? What, what can I possibly get from this? And I think in every situation, um, and it's not about making art or making whatever you can turn into knowledge, right? Or just, you just, in your next relationship, it becomes knowledge, right? So, um, every diversity you go through is painful. It's not like you can just circumvent the pain and just be like, oh, well, I know this is going to turn into something great. So it's great. I'm, I, you know, I like this. No, you don't. You, it's painful. Whatever you're going through is painful. Yeah. And let yourself go through the pain because that's what that's what makes that lesson, right? But, like, I thought about this the other day, and this is so corny. But in some way, everything that comes at you that is, that is negative or bad or whatever, you know, What's the, what's the other thing that you go through that's, that's painful that you get something out of, right? Tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when, yeah. when you get a really painful tattoo, right, you sit there for hours and you're like, dude, stop, you know? And then, but at the end of it, right, you you leave with this beautiful thing that you, hopefully it's beautiful, uh <laughs> <laughs> it is trust me yeah, i gotta um, yeah. cover but it but up, so. like, <laughs> in, in some way right it's like all the diversities we go through the pain that we go through is almost like that that session of getting tattooed you're getting tattooed for the soul you're getting knowledge mm-hmm. yeah you're leaving with something beautiful out of this pain um you know if you ask that question right or like but if you if you stay the victim if you say why why me why me that's the ego talking and the ego, every one of us has an ego. We need it. It's actually a really amazing thing that we get to have it because we get to, like, touch this fucking thing and, and do normal things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It makes us think we're, you know, an individual, you know, so it, yeah. it, it, it's cool like that, but it also like makes us feel like we're the center of the universe and everything is happening around us and to us and that we're not a part mm. of something, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think that, you know, shed, shedding that ego a little bit and realizing that, hey, everybody's going through shit, man. You're not important. Yeah. This whole thing is not about you. This whole this whole yeah. universe thing. It's not centered around you. You know what I mean? And that if you can get past that and say, like, OK, well, how can I use this? Right. And this, this, yeah. this is happening for me. Like this, this yeah. is happening. That's a gift in some way, you know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: You know, it's crazy, Tim, is as you're talking about so many aspects that I can relate to, uh, because when you started the healing process and you started really exploring your past and as painful as it was, you started to heal. And I noticed myself when I was peeling back those layers, a lot of emotions were in track, you know? especially John, I'm going to drop it when I, when I would journal and I still journal a lot of emotions come from that. But I felt that I almost like you will say the veil was lifted. And I finally felt like I was who I was supposed to be. And when that weight almost lifted off my shoulders, if you will, it was freedom. And so I started being very vocal with my feelings, with my emotions good and bad. Right. And I was being vocal with my friends, maybe just some people that I met, like maybe at the gym. Have you found since you almost have, and and please let me know if I'm kind of off base here, that when you started the healing process and you felt very good and, and you almost like found yourself, that you felt so good about the person you're becoming that you started being very vocal to maybe others that you were tattooing, which allowed them to feel comfortable in opening up about their trauma and like impacting others?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I felt like um, I felt like I wanted to share my experiences because it made me realize that I wasn't alone, you know? Um, and it, it actually like, I was so surprised on how many people like I felt some sort of camaraderie because like, you know, people that I never even knew were struggling with some of the same stuff came forward. Right. Not, not just the abuse and all that, but just, just the general day to day, like nervousness or like whatever, like, uh, like it's people that I looked up to that I was like, man, you're just a cool motherfucker, you know? And like, and, and you realize after talking to them, they're like, they have anxiety attacks or something. You're like, what? You? Like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and, yeah. and you, and you start realizing that it's just the human condition that, that we're all going through stuff, you know? And, and I think, you know, we're all Academy award winners in some way. Right. Right. Yeah. We come across yeah. and, 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 and it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? Like some people look right. from afar and they're like, that person is so put together. And you're like, dude, you don't have no idea. If, a you dumpster knew, if you only fire when
1: knew. I go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So,
2: no,
1: that's crazy. That's, yeah. That's,
0: that's amazing. Cause it's, it's so hard for people to build up trust, you know, and, yeah. and, and people think that that's the one thing that's needed to have those real genuine conversations, but it's almost yeah. like you, you, you're, you're kind of discovering it's more of a empathetic comfort type. Vibe that can elicit those responses of people. You know, your yeah. your understanding, you've experienced it, so you're open about it, and that's creating a comfort level. And it could be a trust thing too when they hear that. But at the same time, how much can you trust somebody you just met? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into that. It's it's incredibly fascinating the way you explained everything, top to bottom, how you handled it, um, and kind of how you came out of it. Now, thank you. Um, so. With with what you're doing now and, and your creativity that you have now and, and how you use it on multiple platforms, do you feel like your creativeness, um once you discovered these um you know, that that these traumas maybe were having effects on you and you were able to explore them and then in turn able to use them as a positive um and, and, and better your life, did you did you kind of notice those creativities you always had flourish?
2: Yeah. Um, yes and no. I mean, like, I think, honestly, and this is just kind of jumping to another subject. A,
0: Go right a ahead. Little yeah. Bit, yeah. But,
2: um, I, I always had the, the, the creative outlet. I was I was very fortunate to have to have a job where I could be creative every day. So, mm-hmm. so I, every single day I get to do art, which is which I'm so grateful for. Um, but when I really flourished was when I quit drinking.
1: Uh, ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's All talk right. about that. That's yeah. Cool.
2: So when that was when everything changed and I could be like, oh, wow. Like I actually have time and the clarity and the mindset and the mind space to just do the things I always wanted to do. And, Like, it was just like, oh, my God. And it wasn't like I was doing it for that reason. It was just a side effect of it that I had no, you know, idea that 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 was going to happen. You know, and my wife was the one who kind of pointed it out. You know, she was like, look at what you've done since you quit drinking. Like, you never would have been able to do, you know, 35 paintings in a year or whatever I, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it really, that was another, and I also think the drinking for me was, was masking a lot of my pain and, and I was using it to, uh, to drown my, my, myself a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, when I was in my twenties and thirties, I didn't really like the person because I was so ashamed and I, you know, all this stuff and whatever. And then, I started to really kind of like myself a little bit and I know it sounds whatever, but like, you know, I started like taking myself out of the equation and, and kind of like looking like would I hang out with myself, <laughs> like what I wanna yeah. hang out with this motherfucker, you know? And yeah. 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 he's, he's yeah. pretty cool. You know, he's a little talk, talk yep. too much sometimes or whatever, but you know, but like, <laughs> so I started like using that technique of being like, I want to be the person that I want to hang out with, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and and it just kind of like I started to, I started to like myself, you know.
0: Uh, just gonna say that that shows a complete comfort in yourself. That shows self confidence. Thanks,
2: man. So I have to ask. So so given all this, like, how did you guys get to start talking about this stuff and want to do this podcast? Because that's that that's really spectacular that you guys are not only friends, but you found this common bond and now you're doing this amazing thing and, and enlightening people to all this stuff. And it's so
0: cool. How did that even happen? Thank you. Go ahead, yeah. BG, man. You were, you were, <laughs> you're the founding father of this thing. That's how, that's how I think you got wrong with the EMP too. So yeah, Go ahead, man.
1: Yeah. Like honestly, where it started for me, Tim is, you know, when I started to do some self exploration on myself and, and found that, Hey, I'm truly capable of my own life, you know, my, you know, my father doesn't define my success. I control my life. And it was almost like that glass ceiling that I thought was over my head. I finally pushed it, pushed it off. Nice. And so my buddy Josh and I we were like, you know, let's start a med support group where it's just like-minded dudes get together and just talk about, you know, making more of our lives, you know, unlocking our limit, limitless potential pretty much. And so the first dude I thought of was John, because first of all, John is an extremely, he's a great human being. Like first and foremost, same, same with you, Tim. But John is, John is just a straight up great dude. And it, the thing with John is I probably wouldn't have to talk to John for maybe five years, but I know if I called him for anything, that dude would be like, yeah, I got you. No problem. And so I called him. Actually, I did I call you or text you? I think I texted you.
0: I think you texted me initially, yeah.
1: And I just was like, hey, man. You know, this is what we're trying to do. Just trying to get guys together uh, who want to basically continue to grow their life. And I think you'd be a great fit. And lo and behold, he was like, sure. Yeah. And like the first support group, you're so cool. we just like, yeah, we're just like, hey, you know what? This is kind of what I went through, John. And, you know, John, why don't you talk about like how it impacted you? And then yeah. talk into like the podcast, how that actually got.
0: God. Yeah, so it was just like that first night we were we were chilling and, and we were kind of having our, our, our first real group that we still do to this day every Tuesday. Um I kinda like in the middle of it, I kinda felt feeling a little different, just more motivated, like I'm but curious on why, not too sure why. And I uh, left that night, felt really great. And then it was it was like that, that exact night, my life just switched. My motivation switched, my ambition switched, I wanted I wanted to have more goals than I had and stuff like that. Um which then t- in turn made me explore what I really wanted to do, which is personal training. Um, and then I was trying to figure out ways that I could um, have reach on people while trying to to get certified um, and kind of find ways to, to make an impact in the meantime. So I thought I'd do a podcast and I had I wanted to have Brian as my first guest. Um, and then talking with Brian about that, um, it kind of just turned into a, wait, would you do this with me like every episode? And he was like, well, yeah, if you would, if you'd want me to, and I'm like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> then, it, then but, but in that meantime, every day we were talking about our goals and our plans and where our mind was and how we could make things each other better and things like that. And it was like, well, why don't we just talk about this every week? You know what I mean? And yeah. people want, people will, I'm sure will be having relative thoughts to some of the things we're talking about. And, you know, here we are, you know, so <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how it all happened. But every single day, you know, him and I talk every single day, we, we, we are either making plans for what we want to accomplish, or we're just talking about things that have bettered our days. So yeah. um, that's kind of, and it just kind of kept rolling. And, you know, we want to have people and we always use the term like minded people. And, you know, it's kind of fun to use when you said, Tim, that you wanted to be the person that you want to hang out with. You know that's exactly what I thought of, them, like like-minded people. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. that's that's where my mind went. So it's really interesting that you said that. Actually, that's
2: that's cool, man. I, I love that story. It's just it's like yeah, you know, it it seemed like it was such an
0: organic thing that like kind of sparked. It was you know? yeah. yeah. It just kept the ball just kept rolling and kept rolling. So thank you for asking that.
1: At yeah, first. and we keep saying to all the time, man. We keep saying we just want to bring a positive message, and and we've seen the change in ourselves from, you know, seeing a lot of successful entrepreneurs and we've taken bits and pieces from their success and applied it to our life. And it's made a huge impact. And so we're just trying to be vocal about that, maybe trying to provide some education and it could maybe flip a switch in somebody else, you know, if it doesn't, and they just like to tune in because, you know, we just, and, and kind of enjoy what we're doing. That's cool too, you know? Yeah. Uh, but again, t- we're just trying to bring a positive message and, and, and hope that, uh, we're reaching some, some, uh, some great people. I love yeah. it,
2: man. And, and you know, you're right. Like the, even, even one thing, right. One thing uh, like your, your whole life can change in a moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it literally can be a moment. Uh, something says, someone says something and, and it just like clicks, you know, and it just, you know, like, the smallest little ember can start the biggest fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a little teeny ember yeah. can start like this a leaf on fire and bang, all of a sudden you have this like raging fire. So like always yeah. keeping that one little ember alive is really, really important because it's it, it 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah, awesome. You know, what's funny too, Tim, you say that too, is, is, you know, it's almost like things happen for a reason. I, I always believe that things happen for a reason. And, you know, my, my buddies or some people... I'll call them acquaintances, have reached out to us and just said how they really enjoy our podcast, which almost just reaffirms, that, hey, we're doing something good. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's not about like John said it last, it's not about like the the amount of views, but it's about the text that we get that's saying, hey, you know, we're really enjoying this, and it, it just it further motivates us to continue this.
0: Yeah, absolutely, awesome. And so, enough I got, about us. Though. Enough about yeah. us. I got know, us, we're here to, I got a, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. I got to <laughs> say, hey, wait,
2: let's run this interview here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you, had, you had mentioned your wife, and yes. you know, unfortunately, I have not had the pleasure to meet Blythe yet. But what I want to ask you is, how has um, Blythe, uh, Blythe impacted your, your life and, and um, you falling in love with your healing?
2: Oh, man, with my healing her.
1: Yeah. Anything, any, any part of her being involved in your life?
2: I mean, she's like my best friend. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and she's the yin to the yang, right. Or vice versa. She, uh, we, we have a great thing because we're very different in a lot of ways. And, and, um, because of that, we, we balance each other out. Like, you know, I am like, um, she's she is a planner. I am not. <laughs> at, at <all. laughs> so thank God that she can plan things because you know, i've I've gone to cities before. Uh, I went to Seattle once and didn't even know anything about the city, and I just went and just started walking around. And like I told her, you know, it's when we first met, and she it was I was by myself, and she's like, "So where are you staying?" I'm like, oh, "I think I'm staying at this place," and like. Like, where are you going to go eat? I'm like, I don't know, wherever. And she's like sending me things. And, and like, I'm just, so it's the opposite person than her. No, yeah, so
0: yeah. I think that yeah. way
2: we, we, you know, I I help her like be a little bit more like chill about stuff. And she helps me actually plan things so things can actually happen. <laughs>
1: um, oh yeah. So it's, it's a good balancing balance. act. It, right? it, it, yeah, it's yeah.
2: great. And, and um, you know, we also, you know, keep each other in check. I mean, we, we had some struggles, you know, in the beginning. Um, but again, it's like, we, we really liked each other and we kept showing up, you know, like even through the hard times, we realized that we both kept showing up. So we're like, Hey, there's something to this thing. Right. And uh, so we, you know, we kept at it and, and we were, we really did a lot of hard work and worked through it and um worked through some stuff and now we're, you know we're almost eight years married or whatever
0: you know sorry if that's right. that's awesome <laughs> no no that that's too. awesome like, yeah. right. well, how long has it been <laughs> no, you,
1: eight years for you too right john
0: uh yeah yeah, yeah eight years for us yeah Oh, no. that's awesome nice that's a,
2: yeah yeah so it's like it's cool to to have someone you know i feel like uh you can you can kind of persevere a lot of things when you have that bond with somebody, uh, yeah. Because th- there's someone that believes in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it allows you to be really your true self. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, she, she's definitely the more um, like I'm the more emotional one, and and yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So she keeps, but uh, she keeps me. Do a few you find? Times. Do you find, and and, and so do you, because you use the term best friend, which is awesome, because I can resonate with that as well. Mm. And I find, you know, with my wife, I I agree, she's also my best friend too. And I have found that with me, you know, really being comfortable in my own skin now, being very vulnerable, my communication skills have evolved. So I can communicate with Val basically about anything, anything. I feel comfortable talking to her. I don't give a fuck. I'll cry right in front of her. Do you feel like with, with Blythe that you guys have that communication ability? Because I feel personally, again, this is just me. Yeah. I feel that where marriages kind of can fall into a rut is when communication isn't really up to par, whether it be it's the male stereotype where we bury things and don't communicate our struggles or it's where it's like you just kind of get lost in, in a roommate syndrome. Do you find that you and Blythe have a good communication?
2: Uh, I mean, absolutely. That that's that is paramount. I think it, it, yeah. you know, I agree with being you. Being able to say things that are on your mind, but I had we both had to learn this um, this term called mentalization. Okay, so I don't know if you know the term or what it means. No. Mentalization. It's very simple, but it's like it's just the act of thinking about what you're going to say before you say it, which sounds very simple. But, you know, oftentimes we get in a place and um, I had to learn this the hard way because there was like the first day of vacation one time. uh, I there was something that was bothering me you know, and, uh, about the dynamic of our relationship or whatever. Now I chose that time to say this thing and it ruined the whole vacation. Right Mm. now I knew in deep in my mind, back in my mind, like, if I say this, this is probably going to cause a fight. And what mentalization is, is like Like, it's not like I can't say it, but is this the right time to say this? Mm. Right. And oftentimes it's not. And, and, uh, so you sit with the discomfort for a little while and and sometimes whatever you were about to say ends up working itself out or later on when they're, when they're, when things are like chilled out a little bit and you're not on vacation and you're, you know, whatever. You're taking a drive, and you're like, hey, kind of approach it a different way, and you get a different result, right? Instead of ruining that's the so true by saying something that you, you know, you because you, you're just your ego gets in the way or whatever, or you're like, you know, no, I'm I'm saying this now, you know? Like, yeah, I want an answer <laughs> yeah. now, you know? Like, right <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I had to learn that, and that's something that we both have worked on and that's been a tremendous, uh, help, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, you, you're, you can't fight fire with fire and you're, you're so true because Val and I went through the same thing when we had first started dating, Yeah. when we would get, I call them lover's quarrels, but when we would get into a lover's quarrel and she would be very fierce and so would I. And now I was carrying that kind of same fire for my previous relationship and nothing ever worked out. And you're right. Because what I have found, we're very good at communicating now when we feel ourselves kind of escalating. Yeah. We'll say, we'll call a timeout. We'll walk away. And, and you know, let, let's be honest. We're men. So in our minds, when we're angry, we're saying all these things. Oh, man, I didn't say that. I didn't. I, this is what I meant to say, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't Are think that's able- just men though, man.
1: <laughs> true. <laughs> true. But you're like, you're able to decompress. Yeah. You're able to calm down. And then to you, to your point, when everything is kind of mellowed down, you can approach it where you guys are both calm. You can think about what you want to say and say, hey, I know she doesn't, I know she loves me. I know she doesn't intend this. Let me take a step back, you know, and then you guys just have a rational discussion. I think a lot of times what happens is, you know, you, you marriages will go fire with fire and nothing gets resolved or someone just kind of, you know, throws the white towel, puts it under the rug and you move on rather than having an an adult conversation to hear each other out under calm circumstances and then move on. Because don't you find that when you actually can have a conversation about it and resolve it, there's a togetherness. that You're like, yeah, you know, we work this out, you know, and you feel good rather than just shoving it under the rug.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. And and that it's like, Something I something I learned too is like when you're communicating with someone, talk to them like you want to be talked to. Yeah. Right. You, that's huge. Right. Do you do you want to do you want someone to come at you like, you know, and, and be like all up in your grill, like because that's no, not, not going to get anywhere with me, right? That, so so right. somebody so however you want to be talked to. Use that way to talk to someone, right? Yeah, and, and it kind of like you know, diffuse the situation a little bit by by having some respect for that person and, and talking to them. You know, don't elevate your voice and don't um, be sarcastic or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, because you wouldn't mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to be talked to like that, right? Yeah, you're right. So so you just kind of use that approach as like, hey, I'm gonna come at you like I want to be talked to, and like.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then if both parties do that, it tends to take calm everything down a little bit. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so that that's another thing that I kind of like cultivated, you know, like over the years is like, you know, real like and I and honestly, I learned that from Blythe's company, right? Like her mm-hmm. she she, she works for a communication firm, communications firm, like health communications. So like they deal with like a lot of like messaging, like, how do we want to get this message across? How do we want to sound when we get this message across? Right. So a lot of it is that
0: because like, you know, Yeah. but it's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, Tim, we could talk to you for hours here. All right. I want to give <laughs> you yeah. some of your night back. Okay. Um, even though it's already a little late, I want to give you some of your night back here. Okay. Usually Brian and I will ask um, one more question each, but that's kind of just like a, an individual question that we'd like to ask. Sure. You. Um I'll fire off first BG if you're cool with that. Absolutely, man. Go ahead. All right man. So if you could give a piece of advice to somebody who is struggling, um, who was having a hard time with anything, any kind of trauma, okay, if you had to give them just a starting point on where to, to begin the healing process, what would that starting point be? <sighs> this a difficult one. It's tough, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What 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 did you find helped you the most? I and mean, you, you talked to the shaman, you said was was that something that really you know, did that did that develop you as a person do you feel like? Was that something that seeking out professional help in that sense would that be a good starting point?
2: Yeah, I, I think that can be a little scary for some people. Okay. And I but I think that uh definitely definitely seeking out help, being not being mm-hmm. afraid to um to, to find someone that you can trust, right? Because often that's the case. Like if you don't trust somebody, you know, it, it it can be very like personal. It it is also obviously very personal what you're saying to someone, but having the trust that that person is going to, you know, um, you know, contain that for you. Right. And that's why, that's why going to a therapist I think is the safest way to do that because there is a, You know, client. um, You know,
0: patient. uh, what's the privacy privacy. type thing, right, right, right. Yeah.
2: So there's already a a legal binding thing um, Mm -hmm. that that you know you know you can say X, Y, or Z, whatever you need to say within this confines of of this room, and they will not leave that Mm. room, which allows you to kind of like be a little bit more vocal about stuff and bringing it to the surface, I think is really the key. Uh, so I, I would say my advice to anyone is to, you know, take that first step. It's a scary one, but like if you, if you, even if it's not the full step to get to a therapist, just take one little small step towards that. Maybe you, uh, maybe today you, um, you know, Go online and check out some local therapists, and just see, just see what's about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, just yep. take that step. Just you don't even have to commit to it or do it. Just mm-hmm. kind of like
0: just explore,
2: explore. Start, start exploring. Yeah, right. And maybe even go on uh, YouTube and just like or something, and you know, listen mm-hmm. to some podcasts. You know, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and, and start, start all mindset. rolling and right? <laughs>
0: listen. To a little bit of so far, man. Yeah,
2: to the model mindset. <laughs>
1: that's awesome that's awesome honestly tim you know i just want to say thank you Uh, this has been an amazing uh discussion i want to personally thank you for your service and your impact to others i know there's going to be at least one person hopefully that will say hey you know what i'm going to get some help maybe do some research or something or maybe hit you up for a tattoo Uh, (laughs) so what we want to do is how can we uh, the model mindset guys, how can we support you? Is is, are, is the dive plan anywhere? Um, you know, here's your opportunity to kind of t- talk about your, your platforms.
2: Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a cover band called the dive. Um, it's just what it sounds like, like a, a dive bar, like just, you know, that's amazing uh, <laughs> play some gritty covers, uh, we're playing actually uh, November twelfth uh, at the Luthiers Co-op. It's a it's a cool place up here in East Hampton, um, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Um, I think we go in at nine nine thirty, something like that. That's Play awesome. Play for about a little over an hour, a little over an hour. So uh, we're gonna start playing out more, and um, we have a an Instagram. Uh, the Dive CT um, is the is the you know it's the Dive Connecticut. Uh, mm-hmm. That's our Instagram. Uh, and then, um, you know, my tattoo shop is uh, blueprintgallery.com. Um, so I have tons of great artists that work for me now. Just a great crew. Um, and you
1: know, yeah, I have, I have met them. They are amazing. So thank you. Thank sure. I, you yes. know,
2: they're like, when, when you work with people, it's like, you, you want them to, you want to have a good crew and it's like a crew of unicorns. Like they're, they're that are like, this can't be real. These people are, can't be this cool, you know, but they, they really yeah. are. Every, and everyone's so different, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they're artistic and, and uh, abilities and personalities. They're, they're all very diverse. So we cover kind of all yeah. the bases there uh, with that. Um, let's see. I have uh, kind of a one day seminar thing that I put together. Um, not quite out there yet, but I'm going to be doing um, a lot of stuff like this, like talking about um, staying motivated, staying positive, um, taking fear and flipping it on its side and, and just, you know, just things like that. Um, Things that I've Mm -hmm. used that have helped me throughout the years to, to maintain uh, saneness. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. (laughs) um, So yeah, I'll, I'm going to be, uh, you know, offering that like in the next Good. couple
0: months or so. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, from, for me meeting you the first time tonight, that, that makes a lot of sense, man. I think you'll be fantastic at that. Oh, thanks. Um, appreciate it. So get, listen guys, keep an eye out uh, on our social media page, uh, model mindset podcast. We will promote all of Tim's shit. We'll make sure that, you know, all his stuff's out there. If he has something coming up, we'll put it up on either our, our posts or our stories. Um, so make, definitely make sure you keep thinking out for all that stuff.
1: Awesome. And Tim. Thank you for your time. Hey,
0: thank you guys. I appreciate it. You guys are doing some amazing, amazing
2: work. And I can't say enough about that. It, like you guys are, you guys are awesome. So I really am honored to be on the show and uh, hope to come back and do some more. No doubt. Absolutely. Man. and uh, Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks again, guys.
1: Thanks, Tim. Right. Thanks, appreciate Tim. It. Thank you. We'll see ya. See ya.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening in to this episode of The Model Mindset. As always, you can find Brian and I on all of our social media accounts. And be sure to check out our new page on Instagram, at Model Mindset Podcast. We will see you guys next week. And remember, mindset is everything.